It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as the Scottish Premiership limps into week two. One coronavirus hit game between St Johnston and Aberdeen already off with three others going ahead this afternoon. Then tomorrow it's over to Rangers and Celtic when they take on St Mirren and Kilmarnock. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. You'd better enjoy the football while you still can. Hamilton Ackies won't want to be six points adrift of Ross County after just two games, but... County have won their last two against Brian Rice's side. Livy had the best home record in the Premiership last season after Celtic and Rangers. The cabbage and ribs will have plenty on their plate at the Tony Macaroni. And Mellon is on the menu at Motherwell. Mickey Mellon and what can his Dundee United do to make Motherwell's week even worse after their defeat at Dingwall? Bring on! Somebody's in a good mood this afternoon uh, Mark Wilson uh, The sun is shining There's a little bit of a shadow Over the Scottish football calendar today Because we've seen one of the games postponed And the fear that maybe others will follow If people don't screw them up To yeah, use an old yeah. Glasgow phrase Yeah it's a realistic fear Gordon um, I don't think anyone should be taking this lightly We were here on Thursday night When the story broke And we, we just touched on it a little bit But you know things have got progressively worse uh, Known that eight players uh, are now self-isolating The game then being postponed It's serious times for Scottish football And you'd hope the rest of the Scottish clubs And Scottish players Will learn from this That's the one thing we're hoping Teams will sit up And, and take notice of this and, and now's not the time To be going on nights out And risking things Because it's not just your club That will get punished It's the full of Scottish football yeah, absolutely. I think the reality is kicking in, Mark. You know, with uh, you know this bubble for Scottish football bubble, it was absolutely diabolical. Uh, going out for a night out, running the risk. The government set down a marker. But we've got some good games to look forward to today, Gordon. Yeah, we do. We'll look back on that Aberdeen St Johnson situation as the afternoon progresses, no doubt. But we do have three games. Let's focus on the positives. We have been desperate to get the game back, and we've still got three fantastic fixtures this afternoon. Let's take a look at them, starting in the Lanarkshire Sunshine Motherwell against Dundee United at Fir Park. Here's Fraser Wishart. It is, Gordon. You're a mother old lad. I played here for many years, so it's a strange phrase, Lanarkshire sunshine, but it's a beautiful day here at uh, Fir Park, pitching magnificent conditions. It always has been in the last couple of years for what promises to be, I think, a really good game. The home side, as you'd said earlier, will want to bounce back from the defeat against Ross County on Monday, not just from the result, which was bad enough, losing 1-0, but also, I think, from a below-par performance. They missed a penalty, and a player sent off. It's a long, late-night journey home, no showers for the players, not the best start to the season, and maybe it's just a sign from other there's lots of extra Expectations for them, really high expectations. Like most pundits, including this show, have had them in the top six, some even as high as third. And sometimes that is hard to live up to, but they do have the players to cause teams problems. We know they like to turnbull back from injury, hasty on loan, long up front as well. They have really attacking players, and in the last 12 to 18 months, Stephen Robinson's turned the team around. But they're up against a bit of an unknown quantity for them. They won't know too much about Dundee United because, from their point of view, they haven't played against them for the last four years when the Tanadice team has been in the Championship. But finally, maybe thankfully, we need to get United up into our top league uh, a few years ago but uh, they've been promoted and the team's much along sorry, the, much the same lines as last season I actually saw them draw 
last week at home to St Johnston. I thought they played really well for now. They were sharp up front, the likes of Shanklin and Clark, Ian Hart supporting from midfield. But then the tempo dropped and St Johnston scored. I think Mickey Mellon have been happy with the performance and maybe just a point to get them off the board. Different test today, away against one of the best teams of last season and a really strong team in Motherwell. It didn't look as if, though, Mickey Mellon would be a defensive manager. So I think there could be a few goals today and I think it will be a pretty open game. I'll just give you quickly the teams for Motherwell, Trevor Carson in goals, Liam Grimshaw, Declan Gallagher, Beavis Mugabe and Ricky Lamy at the back. In midfield, Marco Hara, Alan Campbell and David Turnbull with Jake Hasty, Christian Long and Sherwin Seedorf up front. The sub, Scott Fox, Jordan White, Jermaine Hilton, Barry Maguire, Harry Robinson, Max Johnson, Yusuf Hussein and Tony Watt. For Dundee United, the blow is that Lorne Shanklin doesn't make the team at all. And Nicky Clark, who scored last week, has been put into the bench. Benjamin Segrist is in goals for them. Back for Liam Smith, Mark Connolly, Mark Reynolds and Jamie Robson. Across the middle, Luke Bolton, Ian Hartz, Callum Butcher and Logan Chalmers with up front Peter Paul just off the front man Lewis Appery their subs Denny's Mehmet Adrian Sporler Dylan Powers Nicky Clark Cammy Smith Ryan Edwards Declan Glass Kieran Freeman and Lewis Nielsen and the referee today at Fir Park is Steve McLean Fairly obvious standout piece of team news Fraser the absence of Lauren Shankland not only from the starting 11 but from the squad as a whole uh, we will obviously hopefully in the course of the afternoon find out if that's an injury or, or whatever the situation may be how much of an impact might that have in the game? I think it will and, and uh, when I saw the team lines come in going, I thought I might have missed something this morning in, in the papers or in the announcements but there didn't seem to be anything at all uh, untoward that came out in, in the media so uh, we'll find out later what happened to him I saw him play last week and uh, chances were few and far between I think I made that point before the game that he's up a level and he will find that chances are few and far between I was really impressed with his general play you know and speaking to some of the St Johnson players they thought he was excellent just in terms of his movement his link up play his touch the way he moved so I think he'll be a real miss for, for St Johnson sorry for Dundee United and that's why I'm a bit surprised Nicky Clark was busy last week as well scored a penalty a bit surprised that he's been left out as well but the young Lewis Appery who's uh, come onto the scene in the last year up front and they'll maybe just play slightly more on the break with the pace they've got in wide areas Luke Bolton who did okay last week is on loan from Manchester City Peter Paul Ian Harks very impressive last week supporting from midfield so a difficult game for Muddle they have to be careful I think they'll have the majority of the game but they've got to be very careful United on the break they've got pace in good areas so much focus on that game on Monday night in Dingwall, Fraser. Everyone wondering why that you know David Turnbull operating in a slightly wider role looks like he'll be back centrally today, where Mother will have had the best from him in the past. Yeah, and it's uh, it's all eyes on David. You know, he was just getting back into the team when the lockdown happened after his, his knee injury last year. And you think so twelve months ago he was on the verge of a huge move to to Celtic and uh, lots of English clubs interested in him. Being a very wealthy young man, and, and unfortunately something came up in the scan for him. So he he's he's back. He's fit. He's feeling strong. And I know he was disappointed uh, not to be able to just finish the season for Motherwell and get himself up and running. So when you think about it, he's not played for, for more than a year on a kind of regular basis. So he might just be a wee bit rusty. But as you said, I think in the central area where he can dictate play, one or two lovely touches in the game when he did come in inside. And he's still a fantastic football and he's still got a beautiful touch. Everything looks easy for David. I think that's the one thing I would say about him. The ball comes to him. It's instant control. He just kind of strolls around the park. And there'll be teams... Wanting to, to have a look at him and see can he get back to his best. And the problem for Mother, of course, is with a long transfer window, if he get back to his best, then there'll be plenty of suitors looking for him. Now, on a serious note, a, a nice initiative between Motherwell and Paddy Power, Fraser in the stands, uh, Fir Park being filled with silhouettes to represent thousands of people across the UK uh, who are missing from their families at the moment. So that's the serious side of it. And the not serious side is I'm wondering if you can spot the special guest at Fir Park this afternoon. I wonder if you can look around those other cardboard cutouts, just look for the one with the big knows you should be able to see it from where you're sitting uh, he's there in, in cardboard form Mr DL 
I will have a look. I can see them to my left as we sit in the main stand. To the right, you see the silhouettes, which is the serious point about the people who are who are missing. And a terrific initiative, again, a, a positive that football has, has, has done in recent years, really. Community stuff that almost every one of our clubs do, do is, is fantastic. But uh, to the left, there are cardboard cutouts of individuals. But at the moment, I can't see Mr DL. But I'll have a look out. And if I see it later on, even if I get down by pitch side, I'll take a picture of it and send it over. Don't worry. I think we've managed to track it down. If you head over to Twitter at Clyde SSB, don't think I'm making this up. He genuinely is one of the cardboard cutouts. Did he pay for it himself? Probably not, but he's there uh, nevertheless. Let's go around the rest of the grounds. Livingston against Hibs. Roger Hanna's there for us. Yeah, looking forward to it. I saw Hibernian in the first day of the season, seven days ago. Gordon beat Kilmarnock two goals to one at Easter Road with a double in the first half from Martin Boyle, who was in scintillating form, to say the least. Um, as that was happening, Livingston were going down 1-0 at St Mirren, but they'll be heartened, I think, by a return to the Tony Macaroni Stadium um, this afternoon and their own pitch. When Livy finished fifth last season, so much of it was built in that terrific home record here. That included a 2-0 win against Hibs between Christmas and New Year, a Paul Hanlon own goal, a goal by Big John Guthrie, who's always a in the opposition box as well. He starts, you won't be surprised to know. A couple of changes though from for Levy after that defeat at St Mirren. Out go Aaron Taylor Sinclair and Alan Forrest, who only made his debut after his summer move from air last weekend. In come Kieran Brown back at Levy for a third loan spell from Cardiff City. And as a start as well for Scott Robinson, we think he'll be asked to get up and support Lyndon Dykes in attack. So it's Robbie McCrory in goal. It's a back three of Jack Fitzwater, John Guthrie, and F.A. Ambrose. Across the middle, Nicky Devlin one side, Kieran Brown the other. And in the middle, Marvin Bartley, Craig. Sibbled and Scott Pittman with, as we said, Scott Robinson supporting Lyndon Dykes. On the bench is Stryek, McMillan, Taylor Sinclair, Crawford, Suda, Forrest, Poplatnik, Tiffany and Kuidar Asa. A couple of changes for Hibs as well. One is rather surprising. Scott Allen dropped to the bench he played last week. He was hooked after an hour, but he did create Martin Boyle's second goal. No place either for Dre Wright. He's out the squad as well. I presume that must be an injury. Gordon in for a start come Darrell Horgan, who replaced Allen against Kilmarnock and Hugh Keevan's favourite Christian Doidge 17 goals last season starts again up front with £250,000 summer signing Kevin Nisbet for the first time so it's offered Marciano in goal they go it's a back four Paul McGinn Ryan Portes Paul Hanlon and young Josh Doig who only made his debut at left back last week 18 years of age Alec Gogic sits just in front then it's a three of Martin Boyle Joe Newell and Darrell Horgan supporting that front two of Christian Doidge and Kevin Nisbet the Hibs subs Dabrowski, Gray, McGregor, Stevenson, Sterling, Halberg, Murray, Allen and Gullen And the referee at a very sunny Tony Macaroni Arena this afternoon is Ewan Anderson uh, Let's go to Hamilton, Ross County, the visitors And Mark Guidi's keeping an eye on that one yeah, it should be a good game here this afternoon. Uh, Gordon Hamilton Aki's, of course, looking to try and get some points on the board after their rude opening at Celtic Park last weekend, a 5 1 defeat. Although, you know, there were patches in the game that they did play well, and there's plenty for Brian Rice to be pleased with, but he wasn't happy with the result, and now he's looking for his men to get a positive one today against the Ross County side, of course, with on the back of that 1-0 victory against Motherwell on Monday night. For Hamilton Ackies, they are going with a 4-4-2 formation today. It's Ryan Fulton in goals at the back. It's Hakeem Adolphin, Marcus Fjortoft, Callum Smith and Scott McMahon. In midfield, it's Lewis Smith, Ross Callaghan, Scott Martin and Sean Want. And it's a top two of David Moyo and Andy Winter on the bench for the home team, Gourley, McKenna and Hamilton. Templeton, Trafford and Mino, Monroe, Obalabi and Johnson for Ross County. They are unchanged from that victory on Monday night. Ross Laidlaw and goals at the back corner. Randall, Alex, Iacovite, Cole Donaldson and Josh Reed In midfield, it's Ian Vigers, Harry Payton and Jordan Tielsen. 
and up top it's that powerful three Lee Irwin, Billy Mackay and Ross Stewart on the bench for Stuart Kettlewell's team it's Doohan, Morrison, Draper Gardine, Sean Mullen, Watson, Charles Cook and Kelly and today's match referee here in Hamilton it is Bobby Madden so three big games all set up and it's the sun is even shining Hugh Keevans yeah great day uh, we've all had our dig at Aberdeen for their reckless behaviour Let's try and get some football played and enjoy Because these games are significant Even though we're only in round two of the Premiership You want to make a good impression right away Livy need to recover from uh, their defeat at St Mirren Motherwell need to get back after their defeat at Dingwall And uh, you know Hamilton Ackies do not want to go six points behind Ross County With two games played I was the one that Said Motherwell would finish third Fraser was talking about that earlier Well never mind cardboard cutouts In the ground A few cardboard cutouts at Dingwall on Monday night <laughs> Declan Gallagher Rash penalty conceded Then uh, Motherwell had the chance To equalise from the penalty spot Made a complete hash of it And then went down to ten men When Callum Lang was sent off on his debut So I don't like Mondays Said Stephen Robinson Um Roger Hanna, Mark Guidi, Fraser Wisher I'm sure it won't be lost on you three The privileged position you're in at the moment Being able to, to get into a football stadium When others can't uh, Actually just wondering if you'd give us a bit of an insight Into what that's like Roger If you want to kick us off What what does the, the procedure look like for anyone who's wondering? Um, well the first procedure for me this morning Was to fill in a form online Just confirming that I didn't have COVID-19 I had shown no symptoms No one in the household had shown symptoms I hadn't come into contact in the last 48 hours With anyone showing symptoms um, Medical questionnaire filled in And sent back to the Livingston Club doctor um, At lunchtime to make sure everything was okay You then arrive um, There is a media car park here As you know you're shown to Shown to the media entrance Where you have your temperature taken With a rather natty little gun um, I can confirm that I was 0.6 of a degree cooler than I was last week at Easter Road which Good surprised me in the warm sunshine in West Lothian today but um, well below the the level that would get you excluded from the football put it that way Gordon you're then shown to your seat there is great social distancing here it's not the biggest of press boxes as you know here at Tony Macaroni Arena so we're in a fortunate position the radio guys are allowed on the, the seating deck if you like with the desks the tables the power um, and all the newspaper guys are dotted about um, the stand opposite the main stand. I can currently see Gary Holt down trackside doing interviews with those long booms, so he's not standing close to, to too close to anyone. And this is, to use that phrase that they're all using at the minute, the new normal. Uh, Mark Guidi and Fraser Wishart, is that a, a similar scenario at Hamilton and Fir Park? Yeah, yeah, yeah when, I, when I arrived, uh, yeah, on you go for us. Oh, very, very kind of you. Important people. I give, I give way to you. (laughs) (laughs) On you go, Mark. Yes, yes. Uh, No, when I was uh, arrived at Hamilton and the the SPFL delegate, all the boys will uh, know uh, Tam Purdy, very, very helpful, one of the best in the business. And even to the the small detail, Tam says, you know, Mark, stand in the shade while you're waiting to get in because end up arriving just at the same time as the Ross County bus. Bus there, giving precedence, obviously. So Stuart Kettlewell led their team in, but it's strict as well. They're queuing outside the door. There's only one door open into the ground, and you need to queue one at a time to get your temperature taken. And uh, Tam Purdy says, Mark, stand out of the sun and stand in the shade. And I thought Tam was being considerate for my napper, <laughs> and he wasn't. He was saying, just in case you heat up, he says, your temperature will go and you won't get in the ground. So it's the smallest detail. Uh, of things like that and uh, BBC colleague uh, Billy Dodds uh, both we, we walked into the 
the ground and yet online forms filling in another form when you arrive uh, there is no stone left unturned and uh, that's the way it should be Fraser yeah, oh, listen, very similar, and uh, you know, I think that as a general point, you know, having my PFA hat on, having been involved in, in some of the discussions behind the scenes and in the medical group for, for putting together protocols, etc., for going back to training, I know the amount of work that has been put in here. You know, for all the, the headline stories which have been awful about the governance of the game and infighting and fighting between clubs and court cases, there are people up and down the land at football clubs who who have put in place. The, everything to get this game restarted, get the season restarted. And for us in the media, as always, I think we, we are really, really well looked after. And very, very simple and straightforward. Much the same as the guys. Form filling, you turn up, get shown to your seat. It's, a, it's an allocated seat as well. And they make everything as smooth as possible. And I think that's the really important thing to understand is that the people in, in these football clubs are working so hard. And especially at Motherwell, where we are, in Hamilton and St Johnson, where they've not got huge staff. You know, they're not they're not putting the clubs with 20, 30 staff behind the scenes. They're all chipping in here. So I think a nod and a well done and a thanks to, to all those who, who helped put uh, our football on this Saturday because uh, we've missed it. And you're right, I'm in a very privileged position sitting here being able to watch some football today. Yeah, great effort from lots of people. But unfortunately, maybe that's why the spotlight has shone so brightly on the Aberdeen situation in recent days. We'll get all the guys involved and we'll take a look at that situation next. Action as it happens. Your reaction from five on the open line. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds. Looking forward to three massive matches in the Scottish Premiership this afternoon: Motherwell against Dundee United, Livingston against Hibs, and Hamilton against Ross County. Now, unfortunately, there should have been a fourth game. It should have been coming to an end by now. St Johnston against Aberdeen. But as I'm sure you have heard, that game is off after two positive coronavirus tests. In the Aberdeen ranks A number of Aberdeen players Out in the city centre Following the defeat to Rangers Last week And the fallout has been Massive Hugh Keevans I listened to our 2 o'clock news bulletin uh, About NHS workers Campaigning Throughout the country today For a wage increase We applauded them Every Thursday night For a long time For their efforts During this coronavirus crisis Eight Aberdeen players Made a mockery of the NHS A mockery of all those who work for the NHS A mockery of all of those who have done so much To get football back A mockery of all of those who are At Motherwell today And at Livingston uh, And at Hamilton Ackies And the guys all talking about the lengths That people have gone through to get football back on This is such a seismic event for me Because when Nicola Sturgeon spoke yesterday She used the expression All bets are off It's seismic because the Aberdeen players have placed Scottish football in a position where if there is one more episode of the type that was witnessed in Aberdeen last Saturday, Nicola Sturgeon and Jason Leach, the Chief Medical Officer for Scotland, will shut down Scottish football. If they shut down Scottish football for a lengthy period of time, there will come a day when clubs will go out of business for lack of income. That's what the Aberdeen players did to us. Uh, Roger Hanna, Mark Guidi and Fraser Wisher are out and about at the grounds An open floor for you guys Roger if you want to to kick us off and and let us know what you have made of the last couple of days And and perhaps where we go from here Um, Listen, I think I spoke to Jim Goodwin yesterday at St Mary And Jim Goodwin summed it up for me Jim Goodwin says, like the majority of us He likes to go for a couple of hours in the pub on a Sunday afternoon Watch the football, maybe watch the, the English Super Sunday games or something Gordon but he's not been able to do it. Hasn't done it for five months. Initially lockdown, but since lockdown, 
simply because of the protocols, the guidelines, the rules and regulations that have been put in place by Scottish Government and Hamden to get football going again. And he said it's a sacrifice, a small sacrifice, but it's one worth making to ensure, as best he can, that he's helping football to continue. And I think everyone in football needs to do that. Yeah, the managers were queuing up yesterday. If it wasn't Jim, it was Jack Ross or Neil Lennon or Stephen Gerrard or Alec Dyer to, to remind their players basically what they've signed up to with this return to football protocol. They're having to make sacrifices in their life. Neil Lennon described it as you come to the club, you come to the training ground and you stay in the house. That is your life for the time being. It does sound unfair. It is unfair. But this is a sacrifice that the football family is having to make to ensure that football in this country can continue through this pandemic. Uh, Mark Greedy, what was your take on it? Uh, I was really disappointed and uh, and surprised. But, you know, I think the football just needs to get it into its head that, you know, we all know there's a, the traditional, you know, Thursday night, Friday night curfew yeah, where you don't go, you know, within two days of a game. That now applies seven days a week. And I, I think, you know, you want to go out with your family, pick a restaurant that you know and go out for a bite to eat, fine. But getting into pubs, those days are gone because, as we said, if you don't, there's an average around 10,000 people losing their jobs every day in the UK just now. And the football's managed to survive quite a bit of that. But it won't if this goes on. The game will shut down and people, more people will, will lose their jobs, including players, as Fraser well knows. So they're in a good position. They've got contracts. They're earning. They're, they're part of a wider community and they need to take responsibility. It's a wake-up call. Uh, whether the timing's good or not, who knows whether the Scottish Government were doing it to to deflect away from the exam results, who knows, it doesn't matter, mistakes were made and lessons need to be learned and quickly. Fraser? Well yeah, I mean with my PFA hat on, you know, I've been involved in the last couple of days in speaking to, to the players and uh, you know, it's uh, it's still a live matter so I'm not going to go into any detail about it but um, you know, as a trade union our roles of course to support and advise our members and, and I've seen the human element to it and I've seen the turmoil the players have, have, have been through and nobody needs to tell them they made a huge error of, of judgment it, it, it was a mistake to do as they did you know from going through a meal to then going through another couple of drinks I think Mark's right in terms of uh, players now they have to make a choice of where they socialise and uh, yes they're young men and young people go to pubs but players now can't do that and I think they have to be careful where they socialise going for a meal and going for a couple of glass of wine on the right time nothing wrong with that but I think that players across the board and that's what managers have been saying to to their players in the in the in the media this week. I think it also shows that it's not going away, this virus, a general point of the listening as well. And younger people, I've got to, I've got a 21-year-old son, you know, you keep advising him and saying, listen, be very, very careful out there because, you know, I, I do know the steps that the players did try and take to stay away from, from people in, in, the, in the place, but it's, it still happens. You can still pick it up and the message to everybody out there is, is, is that. So, yeah, from the point of view of, of the players, uh, th there will be something coming out pretty soon from the players. I had a Zoom meeting with them this morning and they were making a, a statement pretty soon. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to come out and uh, people will be able to see you know, the, the, the human element that's there because uh, you know, lots of people having a go and they put themselves in this position. They, they, they have to take, take responsibility for their actions. But um, I, I see the human element and uh, we can maybe help these lads through it. But the, the lesson's there for every other player here. You know, they have to make sacrifices. Football players are not signed by clubs for the size of their intellect. They are signed by football clubs for the scale of their ability to play the game. I do not expect football players to be intellectuals. I do expect some of them to have looked at a television or read a newspaper over the last five months and witnessed the thousands, 
thousands of people who have died in Scotland from COVID-19. I do expect them to have caught one or two broadcasts with regard to social distancing and what you have to do to protect yourself, your family and others around you. I do expect them to have understood after weeks and weeks of telling us how much they were missing the game, how desperate they were to get back to playing football. I do expect better than at the end of the first weekend of games, eight people going out on the town and I do expect that their apology will be heartfelt but it's too late because Nicola Sturgeon said yesterday all bets are off. Now, Celtic have had to advise Lee Griffiths over this weekend about his conduct after having had a party in his house which breached social distancing regulations. Every player at every Premiership team now has to know you are one idiotic move away from closing down Scottish football. And if it closes down, I'm reliably informed by people at the SPFL we could withstand a two-week break. We couldn't withstand anything longer than a two-week break. The season will be plunged into chaos. And there comes a time when all outgoings and no incomings mean you shut down. I wonder from the players' point of view now that it's very hard to defend the players in this, but I just wonder if they've been slightly confused. I don't think for one minute they've went out and, and disregarded the rules and and thought this carnage was going to follow them if they're burst. I just wonder if they got confused about the, the sport bubble that they're in and they're able to train and contact each other every day and thought they could then take that out with the club environment. And I think Fraser touched on there, they try to make precautions in terms of staying away from others and they've been confused with the, the four households and their actual bubble. It's still no excuse, it shouldn't happen. But I just wonder if that's where they've got mixed up and they've tripped up and it's became a huge issue because they've obviously been caught. And it's it, it, right, it's a huge issue for Scottish football, like I said at the start of the show. I think every player now, if, if they had thoughts of any nights out or gatherings with their teammates after games, I think this has put an end to that straight I, away. I'm not sure. For me, they've been briefed exactly what's required. Yeah, of course they have. You know, the, obviously you can go for a for a meal. The guys have touched on, you know, either a couple of glasses of wine. Why would you then move on to a pub? You can do that within the confines of that particular, rather than move to different places, running the risk. For me, the responsibility was lost there. I think the key thing from this, Hugh, is that everybody learns their lessons yeah. because it is, we're, we're talking about the real deal here because Nicola Sturgeon will close it down and as people have said it's not about losing jobs you might end up losing teams on the back of this so we have to get this right it's important for the game going forward the SFA are no longer in control of Scottish football the SPFL are no longer in control of Scottish football Nicola Sturgeon and Jason Leach are in control of Scottish football for one simple reason it's her job as First Minister and it's his job as the uh, Clinical Officer for Scotland to safeguard public health in this country and if football does not play its part to the full, it'll have to be closed down. Now, I don't accept that footballers, no matter how bright or not terribly bright they may be, I don't ex- accept that for the last five months they've paid no attention whatsoever to everything that's going on in this country and they got confused. No, they didn't. They were arrogant. Mark, Roger, Fraser, your mics are all on. Feel free to... Agree or disagree with what you're well, hearing in here? Listen, I think there's a That's bit of truth in all the statements there. Up. In what way, Mark? 
Which one was the best? Listen, yeah, I know. I, I think use me the use me the freedom generalisation of footballers, which which we can we'll put to one side about uh, their intelligence, which I think was. Was, was wrong. I think you're also wrong, Hugh, to completely dismiss the players if they do accept responsibility and apologise. I think when somebody makes a mistake and they come out and accept and take responsibility for it, then I think that should be acknowledged. That doesn't get away from the fact that the players were there. It was their mistake. They shouldn't have been there. And uh, there are consequences for them and for the game of football. But um, yeah, I, I think that uh, when you read the player's statement, then that will maybe get a wee bit of clarity on it. Um, the, the players will be named. They, they're going to take responsibility for it as well because they, they, they know they did wrong. They know they did wrong, you know, and, I, and I've seen a human element to all of this where I know what these players are going through, and uh, I think he, what's the phrase he is without, who's without? Cast the first stone. Sin, shouldn't sh- cast the first stone. We've all made errors, and they've made a, they've made a, a real error of judgment, and, uh, you know, and they've got a lot to come back for. for There's a lot of hard work for these players to come back for, from, uh, I take no doubt about that. Fraser, can I ask you a question? You were obviously part of the briefing in terms of what was required. You, were these players briefed about this city, a type of situation like this? The, you know, because when you listen to Neil Lennon, he speaks about games house, training house, and it's he was quite clear in what he was actually looking for from his players. Is this a general thing across the board? I, I can't go into details, Alec. I mean, I mean, it's still a live situation. No, no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Aberdeen. I'm not Fraser. I'm not talking about Aberdeen in general. I'm talking about as a, the football family has been part of the discussions. I can tell you. Sorry, to interrupt, guys. The group of players involved at Aberdeen have issued a statement right here and now. Uh, I will read it out for you. Incidentally, it's signed at the bottom: Johnny, Michael, Scott, Matty, Sam, Dylan, Craig, and Bruce. So, as Fraser says, they've put their names to it. You can all figure out the, the, yep. the surnames that go along with them. Uh, it says, first and foremost, we'd like to apologise to every Aberdeen fan, the manager, everyone at the club, the football authorities, the first minister, all healthcare workers, along with everyone else that's worked tirelessly around the clock to get the country and, in particular, football back up and running again. We, as a small group of players, made a huge error of judgment last weekend by thinking it was okay to visit a city centre venue together. Uh, none of us could have foreseen the escalation of COVID-19 cases in the Grampian area, nor did we deliberately attempt to flaunt or disobey government guidelines, which we all must adhere to, or indeed the clear guidelines set out by the club. This was by no means a team night out, as has been portrayed, and while we attempted to comply with government social distancing guidelines, we now recognise that a group of eight exceeded the number of households permitted to meet up. This was a genuine error on our part as professional football players, and in doing so, we have let our manager down. As players, we appreciate our club's gone above and beyond to put protocols in place to protect us. It was never our intention to put these in jeopardy or to put our teammates or football staff at risk. As a player group, we once again apologise unreservedly to the fans, manager, board, and all the staff at the club. And again, Johnny, Michael, Scott, Matty, Sam, Dylan, Craig, and Bruce. Well... Okay, however, I go back to my point and to uh, answer Fraser, I said at the very start, football players are not signed by their clubs because of the scale of their intellect. They're signed because of the size can, can, of their ability. Can we maybe get get away with that though? People are allowed to make mistakes without being accused right, of being stupid. Right. I think that's a little bit unfair. If, if we can just well, keep it, keep it. Let, let, let's let's not months, get hysterical about it. For five months, these players presumably have failed. To watch the death toll rise. No, but I, again, though, that, 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 seem, that seems like a leap. That, that seems like a bit of a leap. For instance, um, I, I met up with less than than four households last night when when I left the show, and I wouldn't particularly consider the people I was with to be struggling for intellect. And when I mentioned the fact about the four households, they sort of went, "Oh yeah, do you know what? Yeah. I forgot that's where we were at." Because, the, the, like I say, you might not find that acceptable, but I, I think to instantly. 
question intellect is just a bit irrelevant, really. Oh, I, I'm saying it's got nothing to do with it. Well, the, it's got the, nothing to do with the, it. The it's not, read and to say, have they not watched it? RQ, come on. We've all read Peter and, and we've all kept up with the news, and, and it is without making excuses, and, and I'm not. Uh, it is hard to, to, to keep up with, with things. All, all I would say uh, about that um, is, you know, with, with that statement, yep, fine, absolutely fine. They've, they've got the tone right, but I, I don't understand why you don't put your full names to it. Well, I mean, that, that just that, that lacks a bit of that lacks a bit of professionalism for me. Put your full name to the statement. Well, you know, they, don't they, put your, your, your first names. You somebody know? somebody's put it down in paper form anyway. So uh, this is a, a chummy approach. Hi Mark, Scott. No, there was nothing. There's nothing behind that, Mark. That's just just happens to be. No, but just saying, Fraser. I think you should uh, put your d- full name. Come, if you're if you're releasing yeah, a statement, I think you've got to put your full name on it. That's what I'm saying. Is, well, listen, they're not they're not hiding. Jeez, they're not hiding. If well, that's I never what you're saying, they're hiding. But what I'm saying, you know? if you put a statement out. Particularly with an issue like this, you know, it's not a statement to wish somebody a happy birthday. It's a statement about a serious incident, and that they've made a mistake. Absolutely. And I accept that they've made a mistake. I don't think there's, I don't think there's been anything deliberate. And absolutely not. And I do get your point about you know feeling for them and what the guys have been through. They were caring. I know a couple of the boys on that list, and they will be caring. They will be hunting, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll be raging with themselves for letting themselves and their club down. But all I'm saying is, just in terms of the seriousness of the issue, I just think mm. for it to be completely professional, put your full name in the statement. I think so. As a gesture, I think the eight of them should contribute some money to an NHS-related cause uh, and show contrition in that way as well. Because I repeat, NHS workers are out force in Scotland today, campaigning for a, a wage rise. After all, they've been doing for the last five months. Put the eight of them together and get them to contribute to an well, NHS-related I mean, cause. I, I think time will tell what internal yeah, action Aberdeen uh, choose to take. I think we can go back and forward, round in circles all, all day on on the, the government guidelines and, and what was expected and what they knew and what they didn't know. Is, is the real nub of the matter here, guys, this sort of breakdown of, of trust, if you like, this idea that Scottish football was allowed to return, whilst loads of other sectors, loads of other in- industries are still under severe constraints, the top flight in Scotland was allowed to return on the condition that we behaved and that we, we, we did things in a certain way and that's what's that's what's been broken. Is that is that where the size of this reaction's come from? Yeah, listen Gordon, you're, you're very possibly right saying that. One thing that has been missed in this among the victims are St Johnson. Now, St Johnson missed their last pre-season friendly because of the testing issue at St Mirren a couple of weeks ago. So they're a game behind. They then lose their first home game of the season. Now, obviously fans are getting in. It's not a financial thing. But again, Callum Davidson, his players are missing a game. They're now going to Ibrox, I think, on Wednesday night to take on Rangers, having hardly kicked a ball through no fault of their own. Um the game should have been played today. I know the government have yeah. intervened. I know it's nothing to do with Hamden. The game should have been played. It's not St Johnson's fault. If Aberdeen had to go there with kids, if Aberdeen had to go there with Derek McInnes in central midfield, that's what should have happened. The game's now getting played in a fortnight's time after these eight players have come mm. out of their self-isolation. So rather than playing a, a group of kids and having a right good chance of a, of a morale-boosting win today, St Johnson are now playing on a Thursday night against possibly a full-strength mm. Aberdeen team. I don't think enough's been said about how St Johnston have been dealt with this hand. Yeah, because it's now left us in a, a pretty strange situation, Roger, and we should qualify this by saying life is strange at the moment and we might need to do strange things to, to get through the rest of the season. But these players will still be unavailable for Aberdeen's next two games, but as things stand, they are scheduled to go ahead, but, but today is not, and you can see why that's causing a little bit of confusion. 
Yeah, it certainly confused me. I have to say that you know they put off one of the three games that are going to be happy by these absentees, rather than putting off all three of the games that are going to be happy by the absentees. Um, that Mark Wilson's partly right. There is a degree of confusion among the players. I was speaking to Jack Ross here at the Tony Macaroni this afternoon, you know, just discussing the issue, and he was saying since the Aberdeen issue has, has you know been made public, he's had players come to him and asked for reminders asked what the exact rules are, asked for the do's and don'ts forever some you know, some of the most senior players have even asked, Am I okay to take my wife out for a meal, just the two of us? You know, things like that. So maybe in some places the message wasn't articulated to the squads the way it should have been. You can bet your bottom dollar, Gordon, it's been articulated now. That's one of the questions I was asking Fraser the other now, because prior to all this getting up and running, surely the players from the governing body for the PFA and all concerned mm put that down clarity so people know what they're doing Gordon well, to be fair though Derek McInnes held the collective hand up yesterday and said though regardless of that regardless of clarity you can't meet eight, eight households you can't yep. meet seven other households so there isn't there is no clarity required there in, in terms of, of yeah, that but what I'm saying Gordon is there's, team, there's players within teams still going to their management yeah. and not clear no, about but, what's but, actually happening but, but again that, that, that doesn't have to come from your, from your manager or from your coach or whoever you can't meet seven other households none of us can do it you yeah. can't do it tonight Mark but, can't, but, I can't, you can't the confusion I'm talking about these guys these eight players are sitting next to each other in a changing room and showering together and training together every day and that's what I mean maybe they've just crossed that over with their work bubble and what they can do So again, I, again, we, again, I know we can see it clearly now Is this is this, Or repeat what I said Is this not just about perception Is this, is this not largely about the fact That you know the lengths that have been got That have, have been All the things that have been put in place To try and get Scottish football back Is it not more about that Is it not about having that, that sort of awareness yeah. When, yeah, when yeah, you've totally. been tested yeah. twice a week As they are It must dawn on you That there's something serious going on here And that you have to be aware That Yes, the biosecure bubble concerns your football ground, but you have to be seriously responsible for your actions out with the football ground. Okay, let's knock that in the head for the meantime. I doubt we've heard the last of it, but we do have three big games. Let's focus on them. We'll go back around the grounds next. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Three big games in the Scottish Premiership this afternoon Motherwell, Dundee United, Livy Hibs and Hamilton, Ross County Let's go back to Fir Park Fraser Wishart is keeping an eye on that one The sun is shining, the pitch looks absolutely brilliant We're used to it now after a few uh, seasons But people will still remember when it was a fairly uh, dodgy surface there in North Lanarkshire And, and Fraser, uh, no excuses with regards to getting the ball down We're seeing some of the pitchers coming in today And the surface looks magnificent yeah, it's looking terrific. I think most of our grounds are, and I think in general most of our teams do try and play a bit more football than perhaps when I was a player many, many moons ago, ploughing my way up the right-hand side of this uh, this, this pitch, especially stand side when the water wouldn't run off. But they've got a brilliant groundsman now, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing how both teams play, you know, that uh, David Turnbull and Hasty we talked about there. But even from United's point of view, you know, I, I spoke about Ian Harks last week and earlier on, very impressed by him in the midfield and he'll be allowed to go forward and support the, the, the forward line. I'm, I'm told that Lorne Shankland, just to let you know, has a, has a slight muscle injury, you know, could have played at a push, but they're just going to be take a precaution, games, midweek games next week, so if it was to go then he might be out for longer, so nothing serious at Lawrence, but he, that is a blow, you know, he played really well last week, but I, I've got a feeling there's going to be goals in this, I don't think Mother will play uh, a, a very tight defensive game and, a, and they'll go and take the game to Dundee United who will hit in the counter-attack with the pace in key areas so I'm really looking forward to, to this game and as always you know coming to games as, as I said earlier it's a real privilege you know we, we know 
I think in the media we are really privileged and lucky to be sitting here. People are watching the games at home, seeing ticket holders, listening to the radio, etc. Still all excited. But the game last week, Dundee United St Johnston, was a really, really good game of football and I think we're going to get a good game here as well. Um, lots of focus on, on Lauren Shankland. Motherwell have had to chop and change, they've chosen to chop and change in a couple of areas as well. McGinley out injured, so Ricky Lamy will move to left back. Bevis McGabby um, comes in. Callum Lang sent off on his debut. So quite a lot of, of personnel considerations already this early in the season, Fraser. Yeah, I think you'll see that though. I think uh, you know we are in the early part of the season, and you've got to remember, you know, we just discussed it earlier for various reasons that players haven't uh, played for five, six months. You know, the pre-season's not quite been the same either because they've not had the, the same amount of practice games and pre-season games, etc., due to all the, the, the restrictions. So I don't think players are, are 100% fit, and I think you'll see teams, you know, rotate their squads. That's why I think the five substitute rule was 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 okay. I'm not a big fan of it in general, and I think for one season it's fine, but it gives managers the options to, to just chop and change the team. Because young McGinley, you know, signed his first game for, for Motherwell and pulled his groin, he's out for six weeks, young left back, he signed from England. That happens when players aren't quite 100% fit. So they'll rotate their teams, they'll make plenty of substitutions, and in four or five weeks we'll maybe see the, the best of these teams. Because what's happened in England, early on the games weren't great, but they progressed once the players got to their full fitness. So, yeah, I think you'll see more and more of that. Uh, but for, for Motherwell, I think Turnbull being back inside one in a, in a central position to take the play and create chances is absolutely key for them and that's why I think I think they'll win by, by the odd goal 2-1 Roger Hannes at Livingston against Hibs Roger Livingston with comfortably the third best home record last season their record on the road is in somewhat in contrast to that that was highlighted last week of course uh, with their defeat at St Mirren how important is the Tony Macaroni going to be for them if they're going to have another successful campaign? Yeah, hugely significant. I think the defeat at St Mirren last week left them with a record of one win in sixteen Premiership away, last sixteen Premiership away games. That is relegation form. But the form they showed here that Tony Macaroni was, you know, very much top six form. It could even have been European form if they had picked up a few wins on the road. So be interesting to see how they do coming back here. You, you know how Livingston are going to play. I think that you know they are underrated. People think they're just a long ball team, long throw-ins from Kieran Brown is back in the team. But they do try and knock it about as good footballers in the team as well you know likes of Scott Robinson's back in the team today Scott Pittman had a good season last season Marvin Bartley newly appointed club captain taking on his old team in Hibs this afternoon as a good player Craig Sibbald as well so the, the, Gary Holt does have decent players and they seem to excel here on this synthetic surface um, Hibs very pleased to get a win last week they, they were almost hanging on at the end against uh, Kilmarnock having taken a two goal lead in the first half with that double from Martin Boyle um, it would be a really good start to the season if they could build on that victory by getting another one here. And it's an attack-minded team. Christian Deutsch in up top alongside Kevin Nisbet and plenty of support. Martin Boyle one side, Daryl Horgan the other. And Joe Newell in midfield who played well against Kilmarnock last week. I mean, if the Clyde One Super Scoreboard pundit predictions are anything to go by, Mark Guidi, you're watching a relegation decider between Hamilton and Ross County. But since it's the 8th of August, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It's a bit early uh, to look at that. What we can tell you for sure, though, is that there was very little between them last season. Just two points, 11th and 10th, uh, respectively. And uh, that would suggest you've got a bit of a, a close game in your hands today. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Having watched Ross County uh, on, on the telly Monday night, I was impressed with them, particularly the first half. I think they've got great movement. Up front, Evan Mackay um, and Stewart, um, and, uh, and uh, the goalkeeper Ross Laidlaw as well is looking at the part. So I, I would actually fancy Ross County here today. Although I think Hamilton Athies acquitted themselves well, even though they conceded five goals. I think they showed a lot of bravery on the ball, uh, which is typical of Brian Rice's team. 
uh, going to venues such as Celtic Park. Um, but yeah, I fancy Ross County. Uh, although I think I tend to go down right enough, didn't I? But um, as uh, as you said, <laughs> made a pertinent point. Um, Right at the top of the programme, probably Hugh's only pertinent point this afternoon is the fact that uh, he said it's a big one. If Hamilton Ackies go six points behind um, already, I know we're only two games in, but every point uh, really is it going to be a prisoner this season in the, in the bottom three or four. I'll give you the right of reply. Well, I don't believe it to be the only pertinent point that I have made, and I am scheduled for lunch with Mr. Weedy later in the month. The first round is on him. <laughs> As if that's a change, Mark and, Greedy. And the second. <laughs> and possibly the third. Listen, is it, is, by the way, we just need to make sure there's only four households that's going to, we can't leave, you can't leave yourself wide open for that. Uh, speaking, speaking of which, I have it on good authority that Mr. Keevens did not have a face mask on the train this morning, so he had to use an Asda carrier bag instead. <laughs> oh dear. And, and I, I, I thank the gentleman from uh, Scott, Rail, Rail, Scott Rail who came along and said, Here's you. And gave me two masks Thank you very much sir There we go uh, Enough about that Let's get to the football The kick-offs are next After the action It's your reaction 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Hugh Keevans Mark Wilson And Alex Ray Are here And they want to hear from you 0141 951 1025 What did you make of today's action? What are you expecting from tomorrow's action? And what about any of the other big stories doing the rounds? Look no further than Aberdeen's Corona 8, as they've become known. Game postponed against St Johnson today. The players have now issued a statement apologising, acknowledging their mistake. And on we go from here. The remaining two games in, within that quarantine period are still expected to go ahead. Um, but I did see on Thursday night that Today's game would go ahead And it didn't But that's where we're at 01419511025 Good wins today For Dundee United Hibs and Ross County Three away wins The home sides Hamilton Livingston And Motherwell All on zero points After two games So Bit of work to be done 01419511025 And on Twitter At Clyde SSB Well it's been a very good day For Mickey Mellon uh, For Jack Ross uh, And for Stuart Kettlewell been a bad day for Gary Holt, Stephen Robinson and Brian Rice. Um, it's early in the season, of course, but I, I really think that Motherwell, my tip to finish third, will be <coughs> upset with the way their season started. Two games in, no goals, not playing well at all. Uh, Ross County are six points ahead of Hamilton. Yeah. As I say, that's six points that Hamilton have to find from somewhere. And they're not having the best of times. So the man of the day... Kevin Nisbet, hat-trick, £250,000. If you keep scoring goals like that, the 250000 will seem like chicken feed. Yeah, good start for Ross County and uh, Hibs maximum points you. But I think when you come up from the Championship to take four points out of your opening six, mm. ain't bad, you know, so he'll be delighted, Mickey Mellon. Mm. Yeah, I, I've got to echo that. You know, Mould said, I wondered how they'd fare yep. this season. I tipped them, I think, to finish seventh because I think they'll get a mixture this season. I think they're... They've got a youngish squad, you know, they've got a few stars in there and I always wondered if Shanklin was out or Clark was out, how they'd cope with it. Well, today they showed that they can away from home. Um, a, a pre, yeah, good player, didn't he? Well, a, a, the thing about a, a pair was, he was, I think he was on loan to something like Brotty Athletic a couple of years ago. So it, it just shows you that. That's another boy who's playing at, at junior level and he's now... You know, he got drip fed into the championship side. He's now starting in the second premiership game of the season. You know, and Dundee United always kind of famed for their youth product. It's still, you know, ticking over, even though they've changed the 
the whole structure of the club behind the scenes. So Mickey Mellon, delighted he'll be four points out of six. And it's great to talk about what happened on the pitch. It was a great day for all the away sides, but we can't ignore the fact, Hugh, that Scottish football is in a bit of a perilous state with regards to our likelihood that we finish the season because oh. we've already had one game off and by the sounds of it, if we mess up again, um, we could be in further bother. Well, Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, has to look after public health. We can rattle on about the importance of who wins the championship. Will it be 10 in a row or stopping 10 in a row? We can rattle on about will Ross County or Hamilton Ackies go down or will there be a third as yet unpredicted contender? We can go on all about these things, but people's lives are at stake and they cannot have their lives jeopardised and the NHS can be cannot be put at risk by footballers who do not conform to the rules. So I'm sorry... Aberdeen's mistake is a seismic one Because Nicola Sturgeon and Jason Leach Are getting ready to pull the plug on Scottish football If anybody else is daft enough To do what they have done 01419511025 Let's get the thoughts of Jerry and Kilwinning How's it going Jerry? Hi Gordon uh, It's going well for me uh, Not so well for the Aberdeen players I no. don't think Um Right, there's a few things I need to say about this and also Lee Griffiths as well because he's now part of this problem again. Um, the Aberdeen players, there's no justification, there's no leeway. I listened to Mark and Fraser talk earlier on about, um, you know, did they really understand the rules? Fraser was even using quotes from the Bible to defend them. There's no justification for this. Hugh has been bang on the money. These players have put themselves at risk. They put other people at risk. And it's just unacceptable. Um, Lee Griffiths, there's more front page headlines um, I, I'm a fan of Lee Griffiths I'm a Celtic fan, I've loved what he's done for the club Unfortunately he has proven time and time again That he cannot be a professional professional footballer And by that I mean he can't behave himself off the pitch And do what other players have done You look at guys like Scott Brown and John McGinn Who have come from Hibs and gone to fantastic success The way Lee Griffiths is going Unfortunately he's going to go the way of a, a Derek Ryden or a Gary O'Connor And I don't think I really detail what I mean by that why has he done this? He's had so many opportunities, so many chances. The Aberdeen players as well, uh, I'm, there's just no justification for it. If it was up to me, I would sack a lot of them. But maybe I'm being overly harsh. What do you guys think? We have to step back, Jerry, from the inclination towards imposing the maximum penalty on everyone. We've had a bad pandemic uh, in the Scottish football community. Everyone has fallen out with everyone else. We've gone to the court of session in Edinburgh. We've gone to the SFA arbitration panel. We've been all over the place. We've had accusations, counter-accusations. We've just had a very bad four or five months in the wake of the lockdown. However, we've got to stop saying, right, sack him and sack this one and sack the next one. Appropriate action will be taken against Aberdeen Appropriate action And Aberdeen as a club Will take appropriate action against their players And Celtic have warned Lee Griffiths Now we have to take into account What Lee Griffiths has done In relation to what the Aberdeen players have done And lose the inclination to shout sack him We have to take every case on its merits And Lee Griffiths has stepped out of line he habitually steps out of line. You're right about that, Jerry. But he needs to be told. And 
He needs to understand. So he's been told for years. He's been told for years. I mean, I, I, I love Lee Griffiths and what he's done for the club. The Ronnie Dyle is second season. He scored 40 goals. We wouldn't win the league without him that year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many chances he can get. I mean, what does Callum McGregor... Look, I'm going to use this as an example, right? Callum McGregor, a few years ago, was convicted of a drink driving offence. Uh-huh. And he was banned from the road. Since then, he has been a model professional. He has been the arguably Celtic's best player. He made one mistake and he learned from it. Lee Griffiths doesn't learn. Yeah, some people in life do learn from that uh, important mistake. And you're absolutely right, Callum McGregor was never uh, the same again. His behaviour was much better and his playing career went from strength to strength. But as I say, Jerry, we need to step back. I don't want Aberdeen to have the points forfeited. I think it's right that they play the game again. And I think it's right that they play other games minus all of the players who had the night out. We need to... Stop thinking about the maximum penalty Just calm down Take each case on its merits But I repeat The Aberdeen incident Is of seismic proportions Because it gives the Scottish government The chance to say We allowed you to play football On the understanding that you followed certain conditions And on day one You breach the rules So I can understand Nicola Sturgeon's outrage It's seismic because it gives the Scottish government a chance to say one more, one more at any club, and we'll shut the game down. That's my worry, Hugh. That uh, you know, I, I said at the start of the show. I hope every other club and every other player looks at this and thinks that's a deterrent. Let's you know forget about any of that. My worry is that's the Premiership players, the top of your profession mm. in Scotland. We've still got the Championship, League One, League Two to come back, and when you're saying. One more And it's shut down My fear would be That The professionalism In those leagues Doesn't match the, the Premiership I know that for a fact And you just hope that Once Those leagues go back And by the way That, that isn't a lax attitude That doesn't even necessarily have to be A criticism of the players involved These guys are part time footballers They've yeah, got other yeah, jobs other They've got jobs, other commitments Which yeah. the, you know, the full time clubs don't have So a huge Huge challenge lies ahead The only thing I'll, I'll cling on to it We don't know what the situation will be like by October Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe maybe things will yeah. be different Maybe it won't be as strict by the time yeah. October comes around Well that's that's the hope You know, the, the, the football clubs at the lower level I know this personally are, are clinging on to the testing Hopefully it's just no testing at all So we're hoping that's the case But you're right, hopefully it's less strict Because, go back to it If that's the top of our professional leagues With, with guys who have been you know internationally recognised When you go down the divisions and they go back you find that there's a less professional approach and that <laughs> that's the last mm. thing we need. That just to bust the full game for us in Scotland. The, the, the key thing that you touched on there, Mark, for me is the most important thing that everyone has to learn for this, Gordon. Because obviously the, uh, the backlash from the government, from every pundit, even the manager, the, the, the chairman of Aberdeen has been quite severe. Now, people are actually going to start to think back. If you have any questions... Players should go and seek that off yeah, uh, yeah. You know Representative at the club Is that a possibility Jerry? I, I, I really can't spin this Into being a positive thing Of course it's not But Can it maybe come As a wake up call Just to anyone And by the way Not even within football But particularly in football one. Just people who've Maybe taken their eye Off the ball Jerry. People who had Become a bit complacent With regards to What restrictions are in place Can we maybe learn from it And benefit going forward Yeah Gordon I think somebody made, She's probably made the quote There's always going to be one 
There's always going to be somebody at a club who's always going to break the rules. And when we know it, well, I, my, my personally, I've not been to a pub since March. I've made that conscious decision to protect myself and try to protect my family members because if I go to a pub, I'm going to put myself at risk and other people. Why can't these football players do these acts? And, and listen, all the majority of players look like they are abiding by the rules. Unfortunately, some simply aren't. And Hugh has said, he's kind of contradicting himself. He said, on the one hand, we need to calm down and take a step back. On the other hand, he's talking about Armageddon and Nicholas Sturgeon will shut football down like that. So we have to be harsh. We have to take action. I'm not saying, if it was up to me, yes, I would sack the players. I'm not saying that should happen right now. But there has to be serious consequences. Uh, and I would include my own club in this, all right? I would include Celtic players. Because if Lee Griffiths comes back and he infects Celtic players and then they, in turn, affect other players, you know, that, that's going to be a snowball effect as well. I th- there has to be serious action. I would have certainly given St. Johnston the three points. I understand the arguments about, um, you know, it could affect other clubs down the line. But we don't even know what's going to happen this full season. And that's a side issue as well. What is actually going to happen with the SDFL? There's no decisions to take in how we actually mm. deal with another pandemic outbreak if football has to well, be ended. That's a, that's a, very, that's a very good point Jerry makes you because we don't have we don't have rules in place for you know what happens in this instance and what happens if it's an accident what you know call it an accidental outbreak this is a kind of self-inflicted one if you like you know we don't have these set in stone hard rules that we follow or or you know, reactions that we can give depending the, on the various situations. The SPFL board asked the clubs for the right to form the contingency plan if this season was forced to a premature end. The clubs come back and said no. No additional powers for the SPFL board. And as it was explained to me, that was because there is no longer any trust. The clubs don't like the way the league was called. With Celtic as the champions, Hearts relegated. We know all about the fallout, how we ended up in the court of session and how it was referred back to the SFA arbitration panel. There is no trust anymore and the clubs will not trust the SPFL board to deal with the fallout from lockdown two. Jerry, you make some really good points. Thank you for getting in touch. Let's see what Charlie and Canvas Lang thinks. Charlie, are you along the same lines as Jerry or have you got something different on your mind? Uh, to be honest, I think it's uh, I think it's very, very, very blown out of proportion. I think this is disgraceful the way we're talking about eight people's careers, eight people's lives. At the end of the day, they went to the pub for a beer. Now, there's nothing stopping them from going to a restaurant, all eight of them, and sitting in two separate sets of tables. Nothing on this world stopping that. Now, I just want to ask Hugh, because if Hugh knows all the answers to all these regulations, good on him, because the two governments that's running Britain at the minute don't even know the rules of what's going on. So for these young players that aren't aware of 99% of the things that you are to do and what you're not to do, talking about ending careers, talking about taking points off them, I think it's a disgrace. At the end of the day, they've not done anything wrong. It's not like they went into a pub and did a mass shooting here, boys. They went in and they've had a beer. And I think it's shocking. If you want somebody to blame, blame your governments for the pubs should not be open. You can't go to a gym and get exercise. You can't go to a swimming pool and have a swim. But yet, no, you can go and sit in a pub and sit in a rest. It's wrong. Right, you okay. To go, to, go back, to go back to the point, to go back to the point, Charlie, I said that the, the players should not be sacked. And I said that points should not be forfeited. 
So and To be fair The previous caller did though So I think Charlie's just talking about Generally The, the sort of size of also, the reaction Also Charlie's saying They just went for a beer No they did not They went for a meal And they were all seated At the same table Because the photographic evidence Is there So Charlie's not following The case too closely And I will, I will repeat I'll repeat Charlie People people from four homes can convene and have a meal. You had eight different people from eight different homes. That is very much against the rules. And I'm afraid they were in the wrong. And I go back to it, Charlie. Nicola Sturgeon, in her daily briefing yesterday, said that all bets were off. And by that, she means that if there is another case identical to Aberdeen or of a nature like Aberdeen, then... I'm very much afraid she will close down the game. I mean, Charlie, the club have acknowledged that the players have done something wrong. The players themselves have acknowledged that they've done something wrong. So by all means, I I completely understand your position that you think the reaction is over the top. But if they say they've done something wrong, is it not a bit strange that you would come on and say that they haven't done something wrong? No, it's not that I'm saying they've not done anything wrong. You did say that. Yes. But it, no, no, no. I, yes, I might have said. But what I meant is, I meant is what they've done is they might have done wrong by doing what they've done by going for a meal. But at the end of the day, it's not a you know, it's against the law. The now, but I was at the beach today with the radio, listening to the football boys. And have you just seen the state of that beach today? And the queues for the toilets, and the queues for having no sanitizer, no nothing anywhere. There's going to be another outbreak. There's going to be another lockdown, and it's going to have nothing to do with football. But that doesn't make it's it right, then, though, Charlie. Happen. Because that is that not a simple case of two wrongs don't make a right. No, but the government's at fault here, not the footballers. The restaurant bar shouldn't be open. That's what I'm saying. Well, they are, and the players should not have been there, but they were. And I mean, I get that. that and do you know what? If we could take a step back for a second, we don't do it, but we get kind of caught up. Yeah, of course. These have, these have been difficult times for everyone. Everyone is dealing with difficult times. Some on a really serious level. Some on a very simple social level, like we're talking about. Yeah. I've been to bars and restaurants. Since restrictions have been eased yeah. Usually just with one other person Maybe with two other people You've kept a safe distance You've felt relatively safe So th- there is a line in the middle Charlie in his mind thinks that, that pubs and restaurants shouldn't be open Yeah, But, but they are And, and, in, and many, many pubs and restaurants are operating safely And many customers are operating safely I keep going back to it I can't help but feel like this is more about the perception it's about football's relationship with this virus It's about the fact that whilst loads of other sectors remain locked down Football was allowed to come back It wasn't an easy decision Elite sport was allowed to come back under certain conditions And those conditions have been perceived to have been yeah. contravened and I think football, that, Is that not more what it's yeah. about? Rather than this obsession with rules and, and four people and eight people and, and, and arguing about what's right and wrong A great trust has been put in footballers, Gordon That That is the thing uh, that's been... Betrayed here You know Nicholas Sturgeon The government Has allowed footballers To go back And although the bars And restaurants Are open The trust in them To, to adhere to the rules it Has been great And it's been it, You know it's It's been adhered to By mostly everybody So that's where It falls down You're right The perception then For them to go out And, and break their rules Of course it, it causes this sort of reaction um, And You know Going back to it We can only hope That this Reaction from us, the guys on the phone, other journalists and newspapers is a deterrent for any other club or players thinking about doing it in the it's future. It's a special dispensation, Gordon, that you're actually talking about there because football was given that and they had these set of rules to go. And you're absolutely right because they have broken that. I don't think it's uh, defensible. And 
It was irresponsible And again Going back to the main point We have to step back And we have to recognise That people can learn lessons from this Not just in football But in other walks of life You can't sack them though You know that's the thing Calling for people to get sacked In any other job or walk of life You break these lockdown rules Listen Are confusing We've chatted about it You know Oh that's right Four households Or would you get yeah. sacked from your job? No, I don't think so. Yeah, some some retribution from Aberdeen, and that's up to Derek McInnes and the club, but sacking. Going back, going no. back to Jerry's uh, point about sacking him, and then he was saying about possibly, you know, Griffiths in terms of where he's been and things. Do you think he would have sacked uh, Odson Edward on mm. this predicament, Mark? Mm, don't think this so. Point? Mind you, this is probably a wider point, but as all the debates we have, they always become very polarised, and we, we sort of lose the middle ground. You can be. Fulsome in your criticism of the Aberdeen players and, and what they've done And acknowledge that they've done wrong But you can also Acknowledge that you know They've, they've made a mistake and hopefully they can learn from it in a, in a in a positive way Rather than you know wanting them lined up On Union Street and, and yeah. publicly humiliated Everyone From Aberdeen To Brecon City Everyone has now to be given the benefit of the doubt the Aberdeen players have exposed themselves by virtue of their statement today as wrongdoers. They have held their hands up and said, we've made a dreadful mistake. Okay, everyone has the benefit of the doubt. Now, bear in mind, if you look at the benefit of the doubt and then go and do something stupid, you run the risk of being the person or persons who created lockdown to and shut down two for Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. We're going to start reflecting on today's matches next. The games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray Here with me, Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, On Twitter, Stuart Good says With regards to the Aberdeen situation It's all about the fans putting hands in pockets for season tickets But can't get into games Fans are digging deep to keep players in clubs But the players are out on a jolly But Dazzler says They play a contact sport together So they can sit together They just got unlucky Get the pitchfork away, shug uh, for what it's worth Although you have been Very very critical uh, You don't think That points should be deducted no. Or anyone should be sacked Or anything like that No so. I, I would not be For sacking any Aberdeen player Or Lee Griffiths I'm not for Forfeiting points But I am Disgusted by the Aberdeen players' actions I'm sure we'll get back to that It's the topic that's got everyone going We did have three big games today though Hamilton 0, Ross County 1 Livingston 1, Hibs 4 And Motherwell 0 Dundee United 1 Hayden's a Motherwell fan in Paisley What did you make of it Hayden? Hi guys um, Good to have you all back on a Saturday again Good to speak to you um, Hayden Yeah It was um, I, I don't know if you've seen the game or not But it was just like the I don't know if they were maybe trying too hard or don't know, but it was. I mean, it was kind of just a follow-on from um, Monday night, where it looked as if we could have played for weeks and just not scored a goal. Um, thank God for Trevor Carson; he's come back with a bang after obviously being not well um, for a long time last year. Because um, he made a fantastic save today and on Wednesday night. Uh, sorry, Monday night as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going yeah. wrong. Where do you think they're going wrong, Hayden? You haven't seen them. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not lack of design. I mean. Um, Campbell, 
I don't know if it's a wee bit more sort of a pressure on them that, that sort of a side Hayden in many ways Was this worse than Monday? Because at least on Monday There was a great chance for Callum Lang Which he missed Chris Long hit the post Liam Donnelly missed a penalty There was nothing even close to that Level of chance today Yeah absolutely um, I mean, Monday, I mean we, at least we were creating opportunities On Monday night um, But the game today I mean, It was like watching Bainfrey um, It's obviously scoring the goal for Dundee United um, and I kind of met a wee bit with the celebration as well So that was a bit um, can see, um, uh, and to, to be fair Hayden I never understand that line um, You know I'm a bit upset by his celebration He's a Dundee United employee They're paying his wages They're putting food on his family's table He's theirs uh, He used to play for Motherwell uh, But he's there To work For Dundee United So he can't go through his entire career saying I'll never do anything when I play against Motherwell Dundee United are paying his wages What about Aidan's points on the performance, Mark? I think it's a worry The the lack of clear-cut chances Motherwell are, are, are creating just now I think when you look at the, the attacking lineup, You know, they start with Long and Seedorf Plenty of pace But then you bring on White, Hilton Watt, Robinson as well And you still can't really create anything I think that's a concern I don't think it was a concern for Motherwell last season I thought their midfielders chipped in with plenty of goals You know, lots of shots for outside the box Today, I didn't see any of that And I wonder how long it goes down the weeks Before Stephen Robinson starts to get concerned by the lack of creativity Because he's got the players there it's just not cutting It's not sparking At the start of the season Yeah for me it's creativity as well And about the box scoring And not that little bit of quality You need to get a goal You know in last year as well There was a lot of goals From Midley Park Donnelly And then obviously uh, Turnbull prior to that mm. So you know Little Campbell's nicking them With goals and that as well So they just need to settle down They just need to get that First one Gordon Because with the personnel That they have And I was I was a bit disappointed With the goal they conceded Because I thought the centre half Should have been maybe a yard deeper to block that ball into that kind of little corridor there where it obviously comes round the back to Reynolds so uh, I think you'll be disappointed with that as well because you know they're usually very resolute uh, Motherwell over the course of last year Is it enough to worry you Hayden about the season ahead or enough to deflate your pre-season confidence? Um, I mean I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's enough to it's, it's very early in the season yet I mean it's only two games in I suppose but yeah. it's just um, kind of it's not the, obviously not the best start um, I was wanting to make another point If it's okay Or ask another question If it's alright Of course it is um, I know Alex there um, Alex obviously Quite a lot of contacts With Rangers and things Apparently um, Rangers are Looking at Alan Campbell Do you know if there's any truth in that? I haven't I haven't heard anything uh, Mate I, I think when you look at the personnel They're definitely needing Another box to box midfielder They were looking at the boy from uh, uh, Amiens, yep. yeah, and, and it seems to have gone a little bit quiet. So they're clearly in the market for that. But when you, I've got to be the greatest respect to Alan Campbell. When you look at the personnel that Rangers have in the middle of the park, I think you would have to go some to actually get in that team. All right, we'll leave it there. That was Hayden, a Motherwell fan from Paisley, clearly disappointed after that home defeat to Dundee United this afternoon. Credit though to your old side, Mark Wilson. Yeah, thought they were great today. Um, I thought the first half, uh, we go back to it. I thought chances. they had getting chances. I thought they should have taken the lead, but they won. Uh, that it should have shot across the goal But even the second half The way they come out You know They get the chance for the corner And then they kept the pressure on For the first 10-15 minutes Got their goal Then they didn't commit bodies forward They just sat and frustrated Motherwell When they won the ball back They used it well Very impressive uh, Elsewhere today Livingston battered at home by Hibs Four goals to one Livingston remember with Easily the third best home record In the league last season Behind Celtic and Rangers um, Here's what Gary Holt made of it Nothing went right Nothing went wrong not good enough, simple as that. 
we have to look at ourselves, and I'll look at myself. Um, I'll look at the personnel, I'll pick look at the formation we've played, but you have players, and I'm a firm believer, if you've got the jersey, you, stay in the, you work hard to stay in the team. I've asked them to go home and I've looked at myself and said, did I do my job to the best of my ability? And that's what it comes down to. People will be surprised because you were strong here, but defensively you were particularly strong here last season. I, I don't think they uh, have need to work for the goals. That's that's the thing. That's the disappointing thing. And you look at it, and you don't ever want to get labelled as soft. Don't I, I hated it when managers come out and said you get bullied, you're soft or this. But let's be honest, it was three set plays. That's that's not acceptable. That's people taking responsibility. I'll take it. I'll take responsibility. I pick the team. I will pick the system. Um, did it work? I'm not sure. So. I'll take that on the chin, but at the end of the day, go and do your job. And I don't think too many have done that today. Yeah, fair play. Listen, he's actually taking responsibility. I think he's actually talking about the the the, the shape that he went with for the three at the back with the two wing backs. He'll obviously look at that. But when you're a manager, Mark, and you're losing three goals at set plays because it's a fundamental basics, mark your man, deal with it. And he seems as if it was very cheap. And you can hear the frustration in his voice. They, they got off to uh, the two points at this stage last year, so it's not as if it's their miles off of where they, they started the season. However, they'll need to get up and running. Yeah, poor one for them. Um, I, that's the thing, you can actually hear. Oh. I like that when you can hear the frustration yeah. and disappointment managers' voices. I don't think Gary Holt would be wanting to hold back in the changing room, and I think that he's coming across like that there. Um, questioning himself, I quite like that about managers because managers are sometimes quick to put the blame on the players that didn't do their job, but he's taking responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. So he sounds as if so he's night. come out of the dressing room, Mark, and gone into the, the meeting with Roger Hanna there. Still that wee bit of a tremble in his voice there as if he's a bit blistered <laughs> the paint in the yes. dressing room. And everything he said was a self examination. Did I pick the right team? Maybe I didn't. I'll need to think about that. Did they give enough? They'll need to go home and think about that. Uh, so he knows that what he watched was unacceptable, substandard, and he hasn't made any attempt to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. He's the new Jim Goodman. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's speak to John and Clasyth. Hi, John. Hi, how's all doing? All good, John. Are you well? Yes, I'm well, thanks. Good man. I'm phoning in. I've obviously been listening about all the, uh, this Aberdeen or Corona eight or whatever you want to call them, um, and. Uh, it was a couple of the, couple of pundits said, I'm a teacher, right? And we're heading back to schools this week. And I know how hard I've worked and everyone else has worked to get the schools back to a certain point. And I know how hard some people have worked uh, to get Scottish football back up and running. And I know what I can and cannot do, just as much as what the Aberdeen players did. And they put people at risk by doing what they did. They knew what they were doing was wrong, but they still went and done it. And I'm not calling for them to be sacked or, you know, I know Aberdeen will go and they'll probably find them and whatever else and they know they've done wrong and I'm hoping that it's a deterrent for every other club. But with the amount of effort that was put in to get elite sport, Scottish football back up and running, they risked all that to faulty bits with what they did. What's happened? And I, think, I actually think it's shocking. Yeah, what's happened has happened and it is shocking. And now everyone... Must be given the benefit of the doubt It's happened We can't bring it back It's there They've apologised The club will deal with them The SFA will deal with the club So we have to move on And we have to give everyone the benefit of the doubt With the proviso that they understand If there's another case of this type It is For me More than likely That Nicola Sturgeon The First Minister And Jason Leach The Chief Medical Officer Will say Sorry you're not taking 
cognizance of your responsibilities will need to stop football now. It seems just like a bit of a slap in the face. That's kind of the language that, that John's using. You know, he's referencing all the people. And we've heard that even our pundits today saying you fill in a form in the morning and you yeah. get your temperature taken. This is even to allow the media in to cover the games. So much has gone into getting the game back. Like, I cannot get away from feeling that that's actually the main issue here is about the. Yeah. The, the perceived disrespect that's been shown to those efforts rather than the rule breaking, if that makes sense. I'm not saying it's okay to break yeah, rules, yeah. Um, but I feel like there's, more, there's more to it than yeah, that. Yeah, it's a huge effort everyone's went through. It, you know, I've been I've been privy to some of the stuff from from the my chairman in terms of how we get back in a few weeks, and that is just ramped up when it comes to premiership standards. So the effort that's went in round the stadiums to get these games on and, and get football back and the laws. Yes, of course. It's everyone's pulled together in one direction, and of course, when eight guys do something like this, there is a big backlash. And again, we, we can only repeat what we said. We hope it's the one and only case. But I mean, I I think we may be in trouble further down the line. I don't think Aberdeen players will be the the only players who are are. Or caught if you like If that's the word I don't know if, if that's the right word But mm. pictured see, photograph see the backlash The backlash is warranted Mark Because you know why Because of the ramifications to this mm-hmm. Because as you say Hugh It could be one more time yeah. All the time and effort The money How does that impact the Sky deal Where do we go With all the other stuff So there's so much At stake Because maybe worth making a distinction Hugh Because people have sort of lumped Lee Griffith's situation into this And, and various others The reason this is bigger Is because two of them have got it Two of yeah. them And by the way We hope yeah. they're fine yeah. I think they are asymptomatic yeah. um, There is a serious health issue here And now um, We don't know which two But we know the names of the eight And their privacy on, on You know on, on their own healthcare matters Might you know Be now Thrown into the public eye Which is Another matter altogether But this isn't Not just about them going out And, and getting caught with a picture It's the fact they've gone out And, and unfortunately for them Uh Caught the virus It's a Saturday evening The sun is shining Surely Surely Every player Has seen the reaction And is going to stay in tonight Well I'm sceptical I'll go back to John A school teacher now, Yeah let's I, bring John back in I, I know that uh, My youngest grandchild Will start school For the first time on Tuesday And I know how worried His parents are uh, And the parents of all children Sending them back to school Young or old school children And everyone is concerned And I know of one person NHS nurse Who took her two children And gave them to her sister for five weeks So that when she came off her shift She was not worried about Passing on anything to her children Five weeks A mother separated mm. herself from her children For five do, weeks Do you know what though Hugh right? that, And that stuff is, is hugely powerful And it's hugely important I, I wonder and I, ju- I just want to make sure we're covering every side here. Is it a bit much to be lumbering these players with with that level of of guilt, with that all, level of responsibility? All I'm asking them to do is bear that in mind. And, yeah, when you go, John. And also bear in mind that if you mess up, it's your livelihood. You're the professional footballer. It's your livelihood, and you mess up, you've just caused your family money, John. Gordon, just I'll answer your question here. I think it is. I think the reaction that these players are getting um, hasn't been blown out of proportion. I think it's spot on because they've not realised what danger they were putting others in. And just quickly for a question for Mark, because I know as the Beaton City manager, if this was to continue and football was cancelled, it then pushes 
these lower clubs to get back up and running again further back. Yeah. So it's not just affecting Aberdeen. This could affect your Breakins, your Forfers, your Clydes, all the way down the pyramid system because that'll just get pushed further back. Well, John, and it's not. It's not even getting back. It, it's or, or further back. It's getting back at all. Running, yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. important thing. Yeah. You know, and these clubs, and I know this, how the season finished and all these kind of things was to release money, but that money's not going to last them in the event that there's another couple of these situations like what the Aberdeen players have done. Nicholas Sturgeon comes out and cancels Scottish football. Then what happens to these smaller clubs that are still waiting to get back up and running and to get the money back in? Well, it pushes, Hugh's touching it. You know, smaller clubs like ourselves, we can only survive on on the idea that we are getting back soon. And we'll get fans in Potentially at the turn of the year If that gets pushed back And pushed back because of continued mistakes At the top level Then clubs like ours won't exist anymore And that's the start reality yeah. The tale of two Johns, John and Kosaith Thank you very much for your thoughts John and Barhead's got some questions As to why the next couple of fixtures Are going to go ahead So we'll speak to him next After they play you have your say 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line It's been a quick open line tonight Mark Wilson, Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here We've had a bit of reaction to today's results uh, We've had lots of reaction to the postponement of St Johnson against Aberdeen uh, Maybe we'll squeeze in another quick preview ahead of the two big games tomorrow as well Let's go straight back to the phones then and not waste any more time John is a Rangers fan, he's calling in from Barhead What's on your mind John? Hi Gordon, hi Hugh, hi uh, Mark, is it Mark it's Ma- on? Mark yes. and Alex, yep we're all here Mark and Alex, right, uh, first point is Why is the game not on today, right? I'll, I'll rattle through it because I know we've not got a lot of time, right? Why is the game not on today? Aberdeen play Hamilton during the week, eight players out, right? You understand it's a 14 day quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Celtic play Aberdeen next week, right? Out this, what I've noticed, St Johnston are the losers out of this game, right? See, it came to a challenge eh, next year. Well, this year, uh, next season, eh, the Europa League. St Johnston needs three points to get into Europa League. And because of this shambolic carry-on in the Hawthorne pub in Aberdeen, they would be done out of place in Europe. What's the panel got to say about that? The game's not on today because Nicola Sturgeon said she didn't want Aberdeen players going down to Perth. Mm. I think we might have the, the closest thing we've got to an explanation. Let, let me see if this is the right clip. You know, I've been assured that the risks of further transmission uh, within the club or from the club to others are very low. We're asking everybody to behave in a really precautionary uh, manner right now. And given that we know rules were breached, I don't think we can be 100% sure there is no risk there. And therefore, to allow, even if it is a tiny, tiny risk, the potential for the virus to be taken by the, the club from Aberdeen to Perth, it wouldn't be fair to the people of Perth. So I don't think that is appropriate. And there you are. She's the First Minister. She, at the moment, has Scottish football in her hands and she said it's not going ahead. The game will go ahead on the 20th of August, John. It will be live on television and St Johnston will then have the opportunity to try and take advantage of uh, an Aberdeen team who, by then, will have played Hamilton. And it's right that they play Hamilton because Hamilton can drive up to Aberdeen, go into the biosecure Stadium that is Pataudry As Rangers did last weekend Finish the game Get back into their bus And go Aberdeen then come to Glasgow 
next weekend and walk into Celtic's biosecure bubble. So those two games are going on. They're not going on today because Nicola Sturgeon said she wasn't willing to put Perth at risk. End of story. Well, that's eight players. That's not Nicola Sturgeon's concern. She's not bothered about uh, the league table. Her concern is no, public you, health. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're minus eight players today, so they're going to be minus eight players during the week and minus mm-hmm. eight players the following week. What's the solution? Correct. What's the solution then, John? Because I, I, and by asking you that, I'm not ignoring the the. Feeling that there's a contradiction there Because you're right They are going to have to, to play those other games So why not play today But ultimately The Scottish Government have stepped in They asked for today's game to be postponed And it was postponed They're not yet asking for The next two games to be postponed So, so what do we do? What's your solution? What's my solution? See at the end of the day Aberdeen are professional football players They're paid a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I work in the bond trade And I work hard and it would take me a long time to make the money they've made, right? And at the end of the day, they should be clever enough. They shouldn't have been in the Hawthorne bar, right? I know it's an Aberdeen pub. We can talk about old times, what happened in there. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't have been near the pub. Yeah, but to be fair, John, and I respect that, and I respect how hard you work, but that's not a solution. That's time travel. They, they've been, and it's it's done. So what do we what do we do to fix it? If you're talking about... The contradiction of the fact that the game was off today And not off in the future Again, loads of people would agree But but what do we do? The government asked for today's game to be off They haven't yet asked for the next two to be off Well, well see if the signs The signs weaken with eight players uh-huh. I don't think they should be playing during the week Because that ends up working the handicap benefit For Hamilton Ends up the uh-huh. handicap benefit for Celtic Right? Because they're minus eight players if you weren't on a handicap, it's like betting minus eight. We do. Oh, no, I, I, mean. I, I get. I get that. That's again, again, John. That's all a completely valid concern. So what do we do? I, you know, I repeat it again. Do we do we postpone them all? What we do for a start, right? For uh, Aberdeen, been professional football players. I would deduct him three points for a starter. And what I would do during the week, abandon that game and abandon that game and uh, put the games forward. Listen, there's no space in the calendar for rearranged games We're going to be very lucky to have this season go all the way as it is um, So, you know, as I say, Nicola Sturgeon's not here for a league table She's here with public health issues on her mind And that's why the game didn't take place today Television have not been delivered of their game today They're getting it on the 20th of August I fully admit that St Johnston will meet a stronger Aberdeen team than they would have done had the game gone ahead today. But Nicola Sturgeon says no. Take it up with her. No, I don't think there's any complaints. I think there's a when you listen to Nicola Sturgeon, that's the first time I've heard that. There's a, if there's a possibility mm-hmm. they may well travel. There may not be sy- symptoms uh, by the other squad members going down to Perth, and she wasn't willing to risk it. So you can understand her position in that she's made the call, and as Hugh said, she she is the boss. But. I still think that you know that there is a wee bit of. I would like them to have played it, but health mm. reasons, obviously. I mean, not. for for what it's worth, Mark, you take us back to Thursday night. We thought they were going to have to play it. You remember when we left yeah. here on, on Thursday night, and it was almost like, well, do you know what? That's your punishment right there because you've got enough players. You're missing yeah. eight, but you, you've you've got some players there, and you'll play it and you'll suffer. And by all accounts, I'm not saying they were delighted, but it looked like Aberdeen were Except were willing to take Except that in the chin. This decision was taken. I know the SFA and the SPFL had to agree, but but let's be honest, it sounds like they were 
They were ready. They, they were given the nudge and the wink from the Scottish government to, to cancel this one today. Yeah, and, and the SPFL, the SFA have to do, like you says, what the government really says and the way they direct them. So Aberdeen were ready to play it. Eight players out plus your couple injured. Eleven first team starters would have been missing. You've got to feel for St Johnson yeah. in this situation. Mm. What's the solution? I don't know. What, could you could you ban the eight players for that St Johnson game when it comes round in a, a couple of weeks' time? I don't know. I'm, I, I might be harsh, but if you're Callum Davidson, you've prepared for Aberdeen, then you're thinking you're getting them with lighty 11 players, but those players might be back in a couple yeah. of weeks. You would go, listen, how's that fair on us? And, and mm. Hamilton and Celtic are that getting is, the news that's, right. that's the thing but yeah, It's hard in St Johnson isn't it Yeah but without a doubt But the problem you have is You're running the risk of it Potentially going back down to Perth So you know you're caught in the devil In the deep blue mm. sea And you're just trying to come up With some sort of lo- I think this is going to happen Quite a bit across the board here You know going yeah. forward Because of the nature Of what we're dealing with This well, pandemic Well that's the thing we hope it doesn't, obviously, but but what's Absolutely. actually what's the big the big event here actually is that the Scottish government have asked for this game to be off, and and that because in in the countries that have started back in Germany, correct me if I'm wrong, players have picked up the virus yeah, yeah. and they've gone into quarantine and the games have gone ahead and no more's been said about it. Mm-hmm. This game was was meant to go ahead on Thursday night. We thought it would, and we would have just had to get on with it, but we've been prevented from getting on with it because it's that serious. Yeah, um, you know. We're bringing all the, the callers. I, I can't help but feel are bringing this all down to a league table matter. Nicholas Sturgeon has another table matter, and that is the growth, the second growth of COVID nineteen, and she has to be responsible for that and stop it. What about on the pitch, John? You're a Rangers man. What are you hoping for? What are you expecting tomorrow? Eh, uh, I'd say I'd be two nothing one tomorrow, Gordon. Would you put the new new boy in up front, Cedric Eaton? Is he going to start the game? Oh yes. What I would do is uh, just blend him in, bring him on for the last say uh, twenty five minutes, Gordon, and well, just blend him in because uh, I think Alfredo's away. I think he's away. So sorry. So you would start Morelos though. I start Morelos, right. and I would bring the new boys in with about twenty five thirty mm-hmm. minutes to go, Gordon. Well, his last game uh, in Switzerland, he scored a hat trick, and that was only a week ago. Uh, and every time I read Stephen Gerrard speaking about him, it sounds as if Cedric Eaton is good to go. Mm-hmm. So I think you get him on the park tomorrow. I'm not sure that Alfredo Morelos will start if his head was in the bucket uh, on Thursday night. It's still in the bucket on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Kamal Ruth, I don't think, is ready, Alex, yeah. um, but Cedric yeah. Eaton is. And what what can Rangers really do to prevent the Morelos thing becoming a saga? Because people say, oh, but the media are making it, you know, because you keep asking about it, but how can you help it? I mean, he's Rangers' top, top man, but he's not scoring at the moment and he, he doesn't quite look himself and you don't know if he's staying or going, so it's always yeah. going to be that talking point. Yeah, and he has, it's pretty much been like that since he came to the club. Gordon, you know, has been speculating that he's leaving and the problem Rangers have at the moment is it's another eight weeks or so before the actual window closes. Oh. Whilst there's this Lille Thing always bubbling away in the background This will rumble on But again it goes back down to performances And how he can uh, adapt himself Right John hopefully you enjoy the game tomorrow We'll speak to you soon no doubt Let's hear from more of today's manager Stephen Robinson. Robinson Two defeats in a row for Motherwell No points after two games A home defeat to Dundee United today Listen I'm dealing with young footballers Who are naive 
I've said it in every interview, you see Dundee United, we had loads of possession, we dominated the game again, but no end product. You know, how many times did we make the goalkeeper work? How many balls did we put in the box when we had opportunities to? Not enough, not enough certainly. There's a, almost a, it has to be the perfect goal at the moment. You know, it has to be total football. And we bring Jordan on and only for me screaming at the sideline where we have to hit him. You've got two men up front and then you need to change your game and start gambling. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of inexperience, a little bit of lack of a team being streetwise. And, you know, they put one ball into the box today from a, from a set play, uh, a second phase, and they score. So there's a lot of lessons and they need to learn them very quickly and I'm determined to do that. Yeah, without doubt. I think there is lessons to be learned, but uh, I don't get, I think, the lacking creativity. And, uh, you know, he's obviously mixed up, as you say, plan B, Jordan White up front with uh, Tony Watt running off him. But again, I think they can defend it ever so well. It's difficult, Mark, because, yes, an experienced to an extent because of the average age and whatever but the same group pretty much finished yeah. up last season yeah. um, experience and, you know, and Alan, Alan Campbell's young but I'd imagine he's got over 100 games from yeah. Motherwell uh, various others that's not to say that everyone's experienced but looking through that starting 11 Gordon I think you're totally right I mean I want to say they are inexperienced when that team sheet came out today uh, I know they're still young of age I mean, to be fair though I guess guys like Sherwin Seedorf, Chris Long maybe just not played that much you know, senior football yeah. and, and, and at the cutting edge. In terms of what he's saying there about it, it looks like it has to be the perfect goal. That's the way it looked today. You know, a lot of passing and trying to intricate little things. Where last season they got a lot of joy in the wide areas, getting balls into the box. They got a lot of joy from goals from outside the box. So none of that today. So hopefully not too much a problem for Stephen Robinson going forward. Well, it's been a miserable day for Stephen Robinson. Gary Holt's away home thinking that I picked the right team to play against Hibs, having been on the wrong side of a hiding. And it's a bad day for Brian Rice. No points from the first two games. Ross County already six points ahead of them. Big picture tomorrow. Rangers at home to St Mirren. Celtic away to Kilmarnock. Ten in a row at stake. Let's go Good wins for Ross County Hibs and Dundee United On the road today Two massive games Tomorrow Rangers at home to St Mirren Kilmarnock at home to Celtic We're on air A five hour special On a Sunday afternoon Where else would you rather be Two o'clock we kick off We're here until seven Make sure you join us And what a way to start your weekend The sun is shining And the GBX is up next